Well, good morning. Good to have everybody here this morning, and thanks for braving the weather to make it here. Grab your Bibles. We're going to finish the rest of Romans chapter 1. It is quite a chapter, and my heart is that we would see Jesus. We would clearly recognize him as we go through these words today. Um, Just a reminder, the foundation for the whole book of Romans, we looked at with Pastor Jared, verses 16 and 17. Look at those verses again. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the gospel of Christ. It's all about Jesus and who he is and what he's done and his heart and his mercy, his forgiveness, his power for life, all those things. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And as I have grown in Christ, I've learned to put my faith more and more in him. Amen? Now remember Paul's testimony as we get into this chapter and especially the end of this chapter as we go through some pretty difficult things that he talks about. Only the gospel of Christ, he says, was powerful enough to save a man like me. 1 Timothy 1.13-15, he talks about his testimony. I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. The grace of our Lord Jesus was exceedingly abundant. Faith, love, well, they're in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. In other words, this is just the truth. This is just the way it is. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Another translation goes like this. I am the chief of sinners. So as we make our way with Paul documenting Rome's fallen and decayed nature, Remember Paul's testimony? I was more decayed. I was more fallen. Christ came into the world and he saved me. And I have a testimony about him that I want the whole world to hear. So we begin with chapter 3. Paul is going to explain the power of the gospel. But before we get there, we're going to finish chapter 1 where he's trying to convince us And the whole world, we need Jesus. We need why he came, what he did. We need the fact that he rose from the grave. And we need him in our hearts and lives. Before the good news can be received, Paul believed the bad news had to be believed. A person doesn't sense his need for a Savior until he admits, I've got problems. I'm going through things that I can't deal with by myself. In the last half of this chapter, Paul dissects the downward spiral of the Roman culture. He discusses three phases of moral and spiritual uh, 
degeneration. It would ultimately result in the death of the Roman Empire, their, their collapse and their fall. So as we look at the outline of this chapter, verses 18 through 21, they suppress the truth. 22 through 27, it caused them to confuse the truth and be very confused. And finally, the, the culture celebrated transgressing the truth. So in your notes, the first section, Roman culture suppressed the truth. Verse 18 is where we'll pick up in your Bibles. If you open your Bibles and turn to chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. And there's two items that it's revealed against. And we're going to look at that first item and then we'll finish that verse. But the first item is all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Very important distinction. Think about this. Don't miss what Paul is saying here by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is against ungodliness and unrighteousness. Why? Well, have you asked yourself this? Who would want to live in a world or in a community in which righteousness was not informed, rightness was not enforced? Police officers simply said, well, (laughs) we've all got these problems. People will be people. Let's just close our eyes to robberies and murders and we'll go get another donut. No. I picked up an article. This is dated October 16th, 2021. And the article reads, Lawless City? Question mark. Worry after Portland police don't stop the chaos. A crowd of 100 people wreaked havoc in the downtown Portland, Oregon this week smashing storefront windows, lighting dumpsters on fire, causing at least $500,000 in damage. But the police officers didn't stop them. Portland police officials say that's because of legislation passed by the Oregon lawmakers this year which restricts the tools that they can use to confront people vandalizing buildings and causing mayhem. Makes you want to open a little coffee shop downtown Oregon, Portland. Wow. Residents frustrated by the latest round of destructive demonstrations questioned whether that meant anything goes now in Portland. Does this mean we're now a lawless city? Linda Witt asked during the meeting with police. And it just, it breaks your heart when you see a culture disintegrating. Simply stated, number one on your notes, God is saying through Paul, he's against sin. But Paul would be the first to say God is for the sinner. And as we go through this chapter, I want you to remember Paul's emphasis He's not writing this just to show how terrible things are. He's writing this to show us how we need Jesus today. In his day, first of all, but in our day. 
For God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, well, that's when he loved us. And that's when he went to the cross for us. And that's when he died for us. There's a second part to the wrath of God here that we're going to touch on. Because mankind was created in God's image, we have the ability, we have the responsibility, we have the free will to make the right kind of choices. And God holds us accountable for the choices that we make. So Paul goes on and reveals that as we look at verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven also against men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So number two, God's against people who are suppressing the truth and they know what they're doing in suppressing the truth. They choose to suppress the truth, and they continue to suppress the truth. The word suppress is important to understand. It comes from the idea of a helmsman fighting against the current, somehow getting that boat to move against the current, steering it that direction. So, too, the idea here is the wrath of God is revealed against mankind who are determined to go their own way, regardless of what they know is truth from the living God. For as we will see, Romans 1 makes it clear that creation testifies of the reality of God's truth to every person. I believe with all my heart that the current of God's testimony, his love, his power, his truth, is so very strong. Reading from Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens declare, shout out the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. Why there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout the whole earth, their words to the end of the earth. And Paul's referring to these unbelieving Romans who are literally starting to shape their culture and they're suppressing the truth and they're causing others confusion. And he says in verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifested to them. For God is shown, has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. And this is such an amazing verse. Listen to the detail of anyone who would look to God's creation with an open heart, to the detail that they could find. Even his eternal power in Godhead, that would be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So they are without excuse. So creation all around us testifies, shouts out of God's reality. The grandeur of heaven alone is spoken to every tongue, every culture, 
every society throughout the history of all the world, of all mankind. Robert Jastrow, he's a director of NASA's uh, Goddard Institute. At one time, he wrote this. This was after science discovered the origin of the universe, that it wasn't always there. It was somehow started at one time, one place. And he says, now we can see the astronomical evidence and it supports the biblical view of the origin of the world. The essential elements in the astronomical and biblical accounts of Genesis are now the same. Consider the enormity of the problem. Science has proved that the universe exploded into being at a certain given moment. It asks what cause produced this effect. Who or what put the matter and energy into the universe? And science cannot answer this question. For the scientist who has lived by faith in the power of his own reason, in the power of his own intellect, the story now ends like a bad dream. We have a short little video just talking about this.